Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you are such a gracious and good God. We thank you for the great things that you have done for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Now we pray now that you'd help me to preach your gospel faithfully and that your Holy Spirit may be at work in our hearts, assuring us of our future inheritance with you in heaven. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, can you be sure of your eternal future? Can you be sure of your eternal future? Now, many Christians worry about the future. Now, I don't just mean worrying about our health or the rising COVID-19 cases. Uh, worrying about the well-being of our family or our work. Uh, of course, we worry about all of these things. But in addition to all of these things, many of us worry about what will happen to us when we die. And yes, we know that God loves us and that, that Jesus died for us and, and we believe in him. And yet, for many Christians, we still worry about the future. What will happen when I die? Will God accept me into heaven? I remember when I was a child, I believed in Jesus, but I was never really sure whether he would accept me into heaven. Now, somehow I thought it depended on how good I was. And so I would say the sinner's prayer again and again, just in case God hadn't forgiven me the first time. Many Christians have a similar experience and wonder, will God really accept me? Well, what about you? Are you sure of your eternal future? If you were to die tonight, would you be sure that God has accepted you into heaven? Well, a passage this morning from Ephesians chapter 1 wants to assure us that we really can be certain that we are headed to heaven. Uh, in the verses before this, Paul has been praising God for, for all the spiritual blessings that we've been given in Christ. Blessings that span all of human history. How even before the creation of the world, God had already chosen us to be his children. And how at the centre of history, God sent Jesus Christ to die for us on the cross so that we might be redeemed and forgiven. And how God has revealed his great plan for the world to, to bring everything under the rule of King Jesus. Paul has shown us God's great blessings from the past. He's shown us God's blessings in the present. And now in Ephesians 1, 11 to 14, he wants us to see God's blessings for the future and how what God has done for us in the past now guarantees our future. Well, point number one this morning, we have a secure inheritance in heaven. We have a secure inheritance in heaven. Look at verse 11. We read, in him we have obtained an inheritance. Now an inheritance of course is a gift we receive from a loved one when they die. And when Paul says here that we have received an inheritance, he's thinking first and foremost about the Jews. You see in the Old Testament God had promised his people Israel an inheritance. And Israel's inheritance was the promised land. It was a good land that was flowing with milk and honey where they could enjoy all of God's blessings in his presence. 
Now, in verse 13, Paul is going to say, you also, because we too, Gentile Christians from whichever country, have also been promised an inheritance from God. So what is that inheritance God has promised us? I'm sorry, it's, it's not money, and it's not a, a property or a nice BMW to drive around. It's something that's so much better than that. See, the promised land in the Old Testament, it foreshadowed an even greater inheritance that God would give his people through Jesus Christ. And that is a place in heaven itself. The inheritance we have been promised is a place with God in heaven, where we can live with God forever in a world that is no longer stained by sin and death. What a wonderful inheritance it is. I mean, can you imagine a world where there is no more disability or disease or distress? Can you imagine a world where there's no more divisions, no more disappointments, no more death? That is the inheritance that God has promised to us. In heaven, we'll have perfectly renewed bodies and souls. We'll have Perfect sight will be freed from sin to, to love God and to love one another forever and ever. Revelation 21 verse 4 says, He will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. See, we have a secure inheritance in heaven. And the security of that inheritance is underlined in the rest of verse 11. We read on, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. See, our inheritance in heaven uh, depends not on our goodness, but on God's gracious choice. Verse 11 says that God has predestined us. It means he, he chose us in advance to be his people and to receive his blessing. So a few verses earlier, verse 4, it says, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. See, those are very reassuring words because they tell us that God doesn't choose us to be his people because we are morally superior to others or because we have something special to offer to God. Quite the opposite. Rather, it means that God chose us to be his before we were born, before we'd done anything good or bad. He chose us not because we earned it, but because he is full of grace and love. It's like adoption. See, an adopted child doesn't choose their parents. Their adoption doesn't depend on their works or their goodness. Their adoption depends solely on the loving choice of their parents, even before they were born. See, that is what God has done for us. 
in love and grace, he has chosen us to be his, even before we were born. And he didn't choose us because we were special. He chose us because he chose us. Because he was full of love and grace, he made us special to him. You see, sometimes we worry about whether uh, we worry that we won't get into heaven because we haven't been good enough, or we, we haven't been religious enough, or you know, we haven't been committed enough to church, or because there's certain sins in our past that we wish we could forget, or even sins in the present. Or and we wonder whether we've done enough or whether we failed too badly to get into heaven. So here is a wonderful assurance. We don't become God's children and go to heaven because of our religious performance, because of our moral perfection, not at all. We have an inheritance in heaven because God chose to adopt us because of his love and grace. What is more, the God who loved us and chose us to be his is none other than the almighty ruler of the universe. Verse 11 says, we've been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. See, God is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He controls all of history and everything that happens in this world. He works all things in accordance to the counsel of his will. And how assuring that is. And it means that if God has chosen you to be one of his people, and everything happens according to his will, then nothing in all creation will stop you from receiving the inheritance that God has promised. You see, it, it can't be lost. It can't be stolen. It can't be worn out. Our inheritance is secure. We have a secure inheritance in heaven. We can be sure we're going to heaven, not because of who we are, but because of who God is. Because the sovereign ruler of the universe has chosen you to be his child. That's the point one. We have a secure inheritance in heaven. Well, point two, we see that we receive our inheritance through faith in the gospel. We receive our inheritance through faith in the gospel. The fact that God has chosen us to be his children and, and given us an inheritance in heaven, it doesn't mean that we do nothing. It doesn't mean that we can just live however we like. God chooses us to be his children, but we become his children as we respond to the gospel. I want you to look at verse 13. It says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. See, the way that we are saved is by hearing the, the word of truth, that is hearing the gospel, and responding to it by believing in Jesus. Now, the gospel is a message of salvation. It's all about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. It's the news that even though we were sinners who rightly deserve God's judgment, that God sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross to save us. 
And there on the cross, Jesus took our sins and our punishment onto himself. It was a swap. He took our place. He bore our judgment so that we could be forgiven. That is the gospel. Jesus died as our saviour. He rose again as our Lord. And so the way that we receive our inheritance is by hearing the gospel and believing in Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. Now, to believe in Jesus means to trust him, to rely on him, to depend on him. It means entrusting your life into his hands. Uh, Back in the 1850s, there was a famous tightrope walker named Blondin, and he used to cross Niagara Falls on a tightrope to the astonishment of the crowds. Uh, One day he brought a wheelbarrow, and he asked the crowds, do you think I could successfully push this wheelbarrow across Niagara Falls with a human being inside? And then he asked the volunteers. Well, unsurprisingly, no one volunteered. But it is a good example of what faith is. See, believing in Jesus means that we entrust our lives entirely to him. As it were, we we get into the wheelbarrow and we let Jesus bring us across the chasm of sin and death to heaven. See, we, we, we don't get to heaven our own way because we are a good or because we've gone to church or because we read the Bible or because we've kept the Ten Commandments. We receive salvation simply by hearing the word of truth, the gospel, and then believing in it. Saying, I, saying to Jesus, I know I can't get myself to heaven, but I trust in you. You are my saviour. You are my Lord. You can get me there. And so if you're listening today and you're not yet a Christian, I'm so glad that you're listening in. And I want to tell you, you too can receive that inheritance God has promised. All you must do is respond to this gospel message by believing in Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, by entrusting your life to him. Will you say to Jesus today, Thank you that you died for me. I trust you to get me to heaven. Because if you will put your faith in Jesus as the Lord and Saviour of your life, God will forgive you your sins. And he will give you that heavenly inheritance. Your place in heaven will be secure. And you will know that God has chosen you to be a part of his family. So we have a secure inheritance in heaven and we receive our inheritance through faith in the gospel. Well, thirdly, God has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of our inheritance. Now, verse 13 tells us that when we believed in Jesus, we were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You see, when an artist finishes their painting, they'll place their seal on it, usually their signature, to show that it belongs to them. Now, in the ancient world, when letters were sent or decrees were given, a seal was affixed to show that the letter or decree was was genuine, that it belonged to the sender. 
And I think universities still do that today when they award their degree, their degrees. They affix the university seal on the certificate to show that it's genuine and it's been given by them. So also, if we are Christian, God has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. When we put our faith in Jesus, God sends his Holy Spirit to come and live in our hearts. And the Holy Spirit assures us of God's love and it, and it changes us from within. The Holy Spirit is God's way of marking us out and saying, You are mine. You belong to me. And as we observe the Holy Spirit working in our life, enabling us to, to love Jesus and love one another, it's another great assurance that we truly belong to him. And more than that, we're told in verse 14 that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Now, normally when you buy a house or a car, uh, you need to get a loan from the bank and they'll ask you to pay a deposit, normally about 20%, as a guarantee that you will pay the rest. And so also, God has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee that we will receive our inheritance. The Holy Spirit is God's deposit, if you like. It assures us that God will deliver the rest of what he's promised. God has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of our inheritance. We can be sure that one day we'll be with God in heaven because he's present with us right now in our hearts by his Holy Spirit. So what have we seen today? We have a secure inheritance in heaven. We receive our inheritance through faith in the gospel. And we've given the Holy Spirit as the guarantee of our inheritance. So as we conclude, let's return to where we began. Are you sure that you are going to heaven? If you die tonight, are you sure that God would welcome you into heaven? Our passage tells us that we can be absolutely sure that we are going to heaven. Because God has secured an inheritance for us. And receiving that inheritance does not depend on our works, but on the gracious gift of the Almighty God who controls all things. We've seen that all we do to receive it is to believe this good news and put our trust in Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. And we've seen that as we do that, God gives us his Holy Spirit to live in our hearts, to be a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. And so if you are a Christian here, your future is secure. No matter what you are worried about right now, there is one thing absolutely certain. One day you will see God face to face. With your own eyes you will see him in splendour and majesty. And you will enjoy the blessing of his presence in a world where there's no more sin, no more death. You will receive your heavenly inheritance as a child of God. If that's true, how should we respond? Well, if we've truly understood this good news, 
our hearts will overflow with thanks and praise to the God who's done all of this for us. Now, twice in the passage, God reminds us that he saved us so that we might be to the praise of his glory. Now, verse 12 says, uh, we've obtained this inheritance so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And, and verse 14 tells us the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. See, God has saved us for his praise and glory. As we recognize all that he's done for us, securing our place in heaven, our hearts ought to overflow with thanks and praise to him for his grace and love towards us. Now the hymn, to, to God be the glory, puts it so well. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life in atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he has done. And so knowing that Jesus has secured our inheritance in heaven, let us indeed give God all the thanks and the praise that he is due. Let's pray together. Now, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the love and grace that you have shown us. We thank you for choosing us to be your children and for promising us this wonderful heavenly inheritance. We thank you that our future is secure because it does not depend on our works, but on what you have done for us. And so we want to pray that you would keep us believing in Jesus every day. And we pray that our hearts may overflow in thanks and praise to you for all that you have done for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.